Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating, life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Welcome back to the Prosperity Project. Today we're going to be talking about why most people we believe are under earning in their life and what you can do after listening to this podcast to change that right away. Now before we do start the podcast I just want to take the opportunity to mention something that's happening in August. So if you're listening to this podcast on the week that's going out in end of July 2021, August the 1st we're going to be launching another 30-day mastermind program. We ran it last Last year in 2020. It's called Prosperity Accelerator. It's a closed exclusive Facebook group. You also have seminars with us, live sessions and also Q&As about prosperity topics. So we actually cover in that community things like how to work on your personal economy, some of the habits that you can actually drive every day to involve your health, your well-being, your wealth and everything like that. We also cover how to design a business, how to build a business. We also think about ways that we can actually envision our life and work towards goals. It's just everything to do with actually stepping up to your next level, the self that you want to become. We make it happen in 30 days with our help. So if you fancy being part of that closed group that we're going to work with for 30 days, please go to mamafurfur.com slash courses. The link will be in the description of this podcast. If you miss the August episode, if you're catching it after it's released sometime after, you can actually go to that same link and there will be a wait list link there. So when we do the next round of the live masterclass and closed group, you can put your name down to get notified when that's happening. And also, when you're listening through this episode, if you think to yourself, you know what, I understand the messages that are in there, I understand the theory and the concept, but maybe just a little extra help would just assist me in getting moving forwards and being better at understanding my value and earning better and stuff. This mastermind group can help you with that. It can it focuses on some of these areas along with a broad array of other things that just will give you the most prosperous outlook on your life yes. that you could get. Yep. It's one of our favorite things to do. We ran it as a, a pilot last year and this is going to be something we'll run hopefully a couple of times a year because it's us getting to actually interact with you, the listeners, the people who love our stuff and, and we actually get to be part of a group of us all working on our prosperity together. So Matt and I will be going through everything, everything we teach, we implement as well. So it's 30 days of magic with us. So yeah, as I said, go and check out the link if that feels like something that might be right for you right now. And if you're not feeling like you want to join that group just yet, last week's episode, we actually talked about personal development. So go back, listen to that as well. And hopefully that'll just help you that little nudge forward. Okay. So how are we going to help people on the podcast? What are we so going to say today? today, under earning, I think this is huge. And it's actually, obviously we're going to talk about money, right? But this I like talking about money only because it really activates people. It's hugely emotional based. Um, people put their value of themselves into how much money they make and how much they earn and they shouldn't do it. And that's one of the taboos that I love to break. But particularly if you are an entrepreneur and I don't mean that you have to be, you know, the next Bill Gates or anything. If you've got that side hustle, if you're thinking about just making some extra money on the side, you know, 
we've been there. We've come from corporate world jobs just really short number of years ago. I only left seven months ago, the corporate world. Matt left two years ago. And it was from building or starting to think about ways to bring additional income into our life to start helping other people outside our day job that really changed everything. So I see in the business world right now a couple of things that you'll know I'm very passionate about. First of all, I see this hustle culture and we'll talk about that on this podcast. The thing that I think it doesn't align with a lot of people. It aligns with some people, but it doesn't align with me and I'll tell you why. But particularly if you're somebody who's got a job, a day job, and you're also doing something on the side that's side hustle. It's about actually knowing the value that you bring. And I think particularly if you're someone who's working a job right now, you're used to a salary wage. When you start to make that shift to to having a side hustle or actually charging your own values, your own price tags, I think there's a tendency to under charge so I want to really break that for you and see why you need to be the person who's advocating yourself as much as possible in this area and this also applies if you've got a day job so if you've just got that salary and you're listening don't think that you're excluded I actually think all these strategies everything we're going to talk about will make you a better employee so I actually think you can apply everything to start to earn more in your day job as well so I think the world has broken us as far as what is the expectation of work expectation of what we deserve to get for our time how much Mm. time we put into it so there seems to be and i don't know why it's there this sense of pride of i got in at seven o'clock in the morning and i didn't finish till 8 p.m and okay but why are we celebrating the fact that you got paid the same amount of pounds Mm. for an additional four hours of your day Right, okay. Four hours of your life, more than you needed to, you've given up day after day, week mm. after week. Your, your hourly rate basically has dropped. Right, absolutely. Your value yeah. mm-hmm. is lower. Mm. The amount of input you give for the same output is higher. Right. Why are we celebrating that? What? Mm. When did that kick in as to be this great thing? Oh, look at me. I work 60-hour weeks. I work 70-hour weeks. That's not a badge of pride. Mm. That's... That's a sad state of affairs when your employer can feel like that they can expect that from you and you walk away with it like a badge of honor. Mm, That's the biggest mess up we've we've seen in modern times I think. It's, oh wow <laughs> you really feel passionate about this. It's massive I mean how many employers are sitting there rubbing their hands together thinking you know what we're not going to backfill that vacancy because Everyone's doing an extra couple of hours. Yes, especially it gets right done now. anyway. Mm. Employers must be rubbing their hands with glee, thinking, you know what, our outgoings have dropped. Fred's getting paid the same money mm. and he's doing an extra 10 hours a week. And, and, I, and Fred's walking yep. away, pleased with it. He's bragging to his friends about how many hours he's doing. Like it's like it's his magnificent achievement. I know, but I th- so I think this goes into also the undercharging. I think we're developing a culture of overgiving a little bit, right? So not only when you get a job, if it's a fixed salary, we're getting into the mindset, if it's only a set amount for your time, inverted commas, you want to give more hours than it's expected. You want to be there as late as you can, for some people anyway. And it's almost like making sure that the value they're paying you, you're over delivering, you know, amplifying. And sometimes, at the day, you know, it's an effect of your own self. It's relationships that get affected. It's, it's actually the non-money that gets affected that then the ripple effect so you think you're giving that money extra value or you know you're making yourself extra valuable but it's often things in your life that are sacrificing well exactly and also it 
it under it makes you under earn not necessarily from what goes into your bank account each month yes but if you earn 80 pounds a day for eight hours work then you decide to do an extra four hours that means you're now earning less than 10 pounds an hour you were earning 10 pounds an hour now you're yes. earning six pounds an hour yes so and, and you could say well no i'm not because of it. it's optional or whatever but it comes down to, well, when was the last time you took the option to turn up on time and leave on time? Mm, mm. Because of you end up with the guilt, people looking, you know, oh, half day is it when you just leave on time. <laughs> so the fact is that we've got this guilt, we've got this pride of doing it ourselves, which means that you're technically lowering your hourly rate. Mm. And therefore you are under earning, you're underpaid. And systematically doing that. And yeah, that's exactly. just an day job. But you feel proud of it. That's mm. the weirdest thing. And the problem is that then you carry that across to if you do decide to do a side hustle or anything else. Right. And I think that that is the thing that's been ingrained so much that it washes over a lot of views Everything, about yeah. earning and about how much you charge for your time or how much you charge for the results that you deliver. Mm, and, mm. and I think that it started from there. And has got broader. And although the the message may have got diluted, especially for a lot of people that do their own thing, mm. I think it starts from a similar place. Well, of just this yep. pride of how many hours you did the thing. Mm. And not thinking about, well, the time is... I used to take pride in the fact that I could do something in an hour yes. that other people took two days to do. Yep, yep. Like for me, it was about efficiency. It's about being as brisk as possible mm. to maximise my time away from the office maximize my time not working yep that to me i think makes me a better employee and also something to brag about because to be fair anybody especially if they have no family no life outside of work mm. they can easily add five six seven hours to their day if they really wanted to but how many people can go out and do what other people do mm. twice as fast with better results mm. Like, to me, that's a badge of honor. That's yeah. something to be proud of because you've done that with a sense of achievement rather than just showing up. Well, you've heard of the story, haven't you, about there's meant to be a waterworks or a gasworks or something. And, you know, the person phones up to the engineer and says, can you come out and fix it? And so the engineer comes out and, he, you know, he's got all these tools and he come and he's listening to different pipes, trying to figure out where the problem is. He gets out a hammer and he taps once. Mm -hmm. And it starts working. It all starts, you know, it's been broken. It starts again. And the guy gives him the bill and the bill says um, $10,000, let's say, right? And it's itemized. And the guy goes, this is ridiculous. $10,000, you've only been here five minutes. And the bill says, um, use of tools, $5, knowing exactly where to hit it, <laughs> $9,995, right? So the expertise that we bring to something, it's not about how long you take to do it. It's actually the quality. It's delivering results, right? Exactly, and that's exactly. The thing. I think we've been less results-driven and, and more time driven. More time driven. Yes. And actually, that's that's the things I think you'll touch upon as we, we move forward. Yep. When you look at the results, the outputs, the products, what you're delivering, the uplift that people get from whatever you're bringing to the table, mm. when you look at that as the value mm. rather than how much time it took you, then that is when you start to make a difference mm. to how you perceive your value and how you're able to present that to others. Absolutely. So Matt's led into that beautifully. The whole point of the topic of under-earning is really getting you to think about your time, okay? So I 
teach people about money. I teach people about how to invest, very practical things about money, but I also teach you about the metaphysical things about money. Okay, so that's why this podcast in particular, we talk about prosperity, health, wealth, well-being, everything. Your only limited resource in your life is your time. You never know how much you have. We all wake up, we all go to sleep, but we assume tomorrow or a year or 10 years from now will still be this we'll still have enough time but it's the only true resource money is not limited energy is not limited these are all every other resource in the world that you have access to is unlimited and well, also when you run out of one of these other you things, can still get you, more <laughs> you'll get more if you run out of energy during the day you can refuel if you run out of mm. money then you can get more money coming in but you can't get back the your 24 time. hours from yesterday yes exactly you cannot get back your time and i want you to start to make that shift in everything you do so looking at your life up to date looking at how you've spent your time what has then been your hourly rate based on what you've been either charging if you're an entrepreneur running your own business or a side hustle or your hourly rate based upon what you earn in your day job well if you've got a traditional job which is maybe eight hours a day let's say as matt said you get paid 100 pounds that day so you're just above you know 12 13 pounds an hour or something like that if you work for yourself though there's nobody saying you must turn up at a certain location for these exact hours. It's all based on what you value, that amount of time that you're going to do that service or produce that item. Nobody has to tell you that it must take you 10 minutes or half an hour. It's all about the value that your expertise will give to that end product. And if you were to look at your hourly rate, honestly, on everything you do that earns you money, you know, exchanging your time for money, does the hourly rate excite you and make you want to do more of it? Or does it make you slightly depressed and sad at what you've been accepting in your life? So even when we have great jobs, you know, let's say that you've got a job that's 20K, 30K, 40K, which are certainly numbers that a lot of the country, and we're making this in the UK, a lot of people would, would say that's a good job. But when you break down compared to actually the number of hours you're expected or the number of hours you have to sacrifice, so the commute, time after work, maybe not taking your lunch break, maybe not taking any form of breaks, maybe even just thinking about business, answering that text, that phone call at the weekend, is it actually something that excites you? Does it make you want to do it more? Or are you you going at the end of the day or 10 years, 15 years from now, look back and say, wow, I kind of sold my time for something that was so small. I wish I'd had the clarity to know I was worth more. So what we're going to do is on in this podcast, I'm going to talk to you about how do you actually get out of this mindset of under earning and how do you start charging your worth? Because I really want you to start focusing on everything you do based on your time that you're giving up, the expertise you're putting into it, and then also the joy that you get and how does it light you up. And I know that's something that sounds, ah, very well, Jennifer, I need to I need to put food on the table, I need to pay the mortgage, I might be joyful about it. I do actually believe that the work that you're doing or you feel called to do or just you're doing in this moment, I actually believe that you've 
been given the skill sets and you are the best person for, for it right now. That doesn't mean you can't look for something in the future that you might want to do different. But I do actually believe that that is your gift and talent right now. And you should receive some level of joy from it. And if you're maybe not feeling that joyful, maybe go and check out a couple of our other podcasts where we talk about, you know, how to reclaim your joy, how to see the bigger picture so that you can just find something you're grateful for indeed. So one thing to explore, I think, is when we talk about under-earning, we're talking about how much you charge for your time. And when you're doing an exercise, maybe of thinking about what your hourly rate is, what you have to say to yourself, for, for me at least, when you're kind of recognizing what you're getting is, if you've got a two-hour commute each way and you're expected to do extra hours or you're expected to start early, finish late and everything else, well, what if you could find a job that is round the corner, pays you less as a salary, but ultimately doesn't expect you to put in extra time at work. Mm, if yep. you could take a third off of the amount of hours you're out of the house and you could maybe just drop your salary by 10%, then that's an increase mm. in your hourly rate as far as how much effort you're putting into this job. Now, obviously, if you can remove a bunch of that time, some people can't afford necessarily to take a 10% decrease. But imagine if you got a third of your time back, what you might be able to do as far as either hobbies or side hustles or some of those things that you don't have time for that you could then make time for. Mm. How many people don't have time to maybe look after their body the way they want to or get to educate themselves in the things that they really want to get started with because they don't have the time? What if for just a 10% pay cut, you could get a third of your day time back? Yep. Yep. That would make a huge difference to your ability to get to the gym. It would make a huge difference to your ability to start maybe an open university course or look at some kind of college education, whatever it is that you want to do. That decrease in money isn't mm. that big for the amount of extra value you get back in time. And effectively, your hourly rate goes up anyway. So it's worth trying to explore that hourly rate piece because it can really push you to think about where you are and potentially changes you can make just from a day job point of view, forgetting any yep. side hustles yep. or anything else, just a day job. You could make drastic changes by giving yourself a better hourly rate by making a simple choice. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we should touch upon, we did that just that. Remember when you left the corporate world, it wasn't something that was a spur of the moment. We took a 50% pay cut effectively, right? You and I were earning comparable corporate wages. They were very similar. Net, net result with travel costs and a few other bits and pieces probably meant we were taking about a 40, 35% It was pay still cut, significant, like. but right? But it's still a massive pay cut <laughs> yep. for quality of life yes now i didn't replace that job with something else um my hourly rate went from whatever it was to basically zero yes but time quality though but time quality has kicked in and also then it's recouped rewards back for us as far as the efforts we put into the various bits and pieces that we do as a business mm. now but the key point was that we took a pay cut mm. um we made sure that we could balance the books in order to take that pay yes cut. absolutely but we did that for ultimately a better use of our time and a better quality of our time. Well, it was to be with the family. It was So we've got two young boys. It was it just felt like the perfect move for the, the next level balance for us. Yeah, so it and, didn't matter about the loss of and, money. And everyone ne can't necessarily take a 40% pay cut. Mm. 
but a 10% to give you a third of your time back sounds like it's probably not too bad. Most people can probably cut 10% of their costs. Mm. And especially if you think about it, at the moment, if you're doing a longer commute, then you're probably making sure you've got a slightly nicer car to be able to do that drive-in. Imagine if you just worked around the corner mm. or close enough. Then you could probably get your exercise in by just getting on a bicycle mm-hmm. or something or yeah, doing exactly. the walk to work. And also, you probably wouldn't be so fussed about the car you have to a certain degree at least. So at which point, when your car comes up for renewal, Mm. if you're paying for it monthly or whatever, then you could get something maybe that costs significantly less. So that 10% pay cut you've got probably disappears with the change of a vehicle or something Mm. like that. It's it's like 10% for most people, if you're smart about your bills and stuff, is easy to manage and, and deal with. Mm, absolutely so going back to the under earning the amount that you're charging somebody for your time whether that be a job your side hustle entrepreneur whatever the amount that you're charging that you're accepting right now based on what you figured out does that light you up and excite you for the job that you're doing the thing that you're giving others versus the money in do you feel like actually you could work the exact hours that you want to work and still live the life have the money resource that allows you to then have fantastic days most of the week if not every day and let's really go from building a business up so whether you're an entrepreneur or you know working nine to five you can do the same theory essentially building any form of business is an exchange of energy okay we're going to get deep here keep with me money is just an exchange of energy money is this concept that we've created that allows let's say Matt with one skill set that I do not have I can then use something it could be potatoes it could have been rice it could have been anything we call it money to then see okay this is of value to me I value this amount for what you can give me But usually in that dialogue, what happens rather than me judging the person receiving, it's usually in terms of what equally you set as yourself as your energetic minimum. So Matt decides this amount of time, this amount of quality I'm going to put into this item is worth blah amount. And it's really that key decision, whether you have a customer or not, is secondary to that energetic limit that you decide to set for yourself. Now, what I see happens is a lot of people struggle with knowing what to charge and automatically go down the route of, I need to charge the cheapest as possible. Now, that is fine. Let's say I've got my iPhone on the table right now. Let's say it's a commodity, right? Something that you could go to lots of different shops, get from lots of different people, and it's a physical thing that's just a thing. It's not got any extra value or services or gifts around about it. So an iPhone, what is it, like £1,200? I don't know, what is it right now? Something like that. For, for the most expensive model, you're pretty much looking at £1,200-ish. Pounds. Right. But I can go to Argos, I could go to Amazon, I can shop around. Now... And iPhone's probably not the best example, but the... You get the idea. Right, okay. But you get the idea. A phone, let's say you want a phone. So you tend to go into the bartering. Okay, who's the cheapest or what budget do I have? You'll do the same with your car insurance, you'll do the same with your gas and electricity, you'll do the same with your mortgage. Yeah, with food as well. That's why the budget supermarkets are doing better because ultimately you're getting similar stuff for a cheaper price absolutely and i think that that's actually why we've another reason why we've kind of destroyed our mindsets Mm. because we're so used to looking at who's the cheapest Mm. then when we're selling 
our time. Mm. Then we're expecting that other people are doing the same. They're comparing. They're and not, though. They're not they're comparing not, skill set. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. The flip side, if you get into a price war for the cheapest, when we're talking about a gift that you're giving or a service or something that you're putting into your time that's not like a commodity, it's completely independent to what you want to charge. It's not a pricing war. And I think we, as Matt said beautifully there, we get stuck in that mindset of like popping to the shops. Oh, well, today I want a coach. Oh, well, today I want someone to mentor me. Oh, well, today I want, uh, you, you know, I want someone to build me a website, right? Okay, well, the cheapest is two ninety nine. Excellent. Okay, but it's the cheapest. If that's your only parameter, then you're not defining quality, what you need for it, what the person's going to do for you. And it's the same with the flip side when you're charging your worth. That actually that that cheapest or that, oh, I couldn't possibly charge any more than this. That comes down to, sadly, a bit of lack of self-confidence and also lack mindset as if, other people you're stealing it from the money from them like oh I must charge the absolute minimum or else I'll feel guilty about what I'm giving them and that's never that people are always grateful for what you can do when you can do it well but you also have the issue of potentially undercharging because you feel that if you don't charge at a price point that's comparable to maybe someone else that you've seen or or cheap enough that someone's gonna bite and and take the bait then you won't get that business. Mm. And that certainly is a risk, but you still got to weigh up your value in your time and also how much you need that business. So yes. I'm going to give you a real life example. Okay, go for it. So end of last year, mm. my old employer wanted some work done. Yes, they did indeed. And um, they got in contact with me and asked if I would basically do some work for them. Yep, they did. So I would give up some time. I could pretty much do what I wanted as far as my time. So whether I could do a couple of hours a week or do full time or whatever, they had a few projects and because I'd worked on things and because I knew things, then they wanted me to come in ideally because of my familiarity to do this particular work. And I told them a price that I wanted to charge. And it was probably about four times more mm, than yep, what yep. they felt was the going rate. Yes, exactly. Yep. So I charged a price that, would feel like at least I wouldn't begrudge doing it. Well, I begrudge it maybe less. I still probably wouldn't have liked it after doing two days of it. But the point is I made the price where it felt like at least I'd be willing to do. And I think I set myself to about 10 hours a week. Mm, yep. And, and ultimately the deal didn't go ahead. So this is the thing about pricing yourself. Sometimes you can price yourself out of some people's budgets, but often it's because people don't recognize the value you can bring. Mm. So the response I got back was that it's over the market rate for someone with similar skill sets and things like that. And when you look at it in black and white, when you look at it as like a mobile phone, mm. you know, why buy it from you when I can get it for hundred pounds less over there, then yeah, there is no comparison. Mm. But what the previous job didn't know was that although I was employed for 40 hour week, working 10 hours in a week you could get so much more done well, yeah. working 10 hours a week was probably a busy week for me mm. so therefore the amount i got done was more than anybody else in a significantly less amount of time and also with a much greater ability to think about how to do things and to basically deliver a high quality product so yes my rates was 
high when you're thinking about it from kind of, I guess, direct hourly rate, like for like. But when you think about how much you'd get out of me for those 10 hours, then actually it's very different. But because people don't realize that worth, you know, the, the way I see it is, I was willing to do 10 hours a week, I'd probably deliver what someone else mm. would deliver over 40 hours in a week. So therefore you'd be paying me the same as them anyway, because it would take them four times as long to do the job overall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and that's the thing about your value. You need to set it for yourself as to what you think is right, what makes you either excited or at least willing to do it. And then the challenge is how do you make sure that people understand the value they're getting? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I wasn't really going to go to my previous employer and say, well, you know what? I know it sounds high, but I was working kind of part-time anyway <laughs> while I was there. That doesn't really do the relationship many favors. And it definitely doesn't put you in high esteem when, when you're trying to talk about things. But if you're going to someone new, then being able to articulate what you can do, how you do it, as you mentioned the other example you know the guy charging a lot of money mm. well he can go in and bang on a pipe and do it in five minutes but you pay a lot less for somebody with a much lower hourly rate mm. but they could be there for five days mm -hmm. trying to find the problem yes exactly and at which point you end up paying more or potentially maybe best case the same amount mm. but someone's taken longer to do it they've taken longer to get things moving you've been without the solution for a longer period of time, which potentially has knock-on effects as well. Mm. So actually, sometimes you are better off paying more to get it done right first time. And I think that if you're selling a service or selling a product, being able to articulate what value you bring, mm. how what you bring is better than the lowest price on the market, why you should be chosen over somebody else, I think that that's a key skill and ultimately, the first step is recognizing it yourself. Absolutely. So how do we embody this energy of getting paid well? And this is something from the word go, but I had, I believe I had a blessing of having a day job and, you know, we obviously had decided to go to half wage when you left the corporate world. I think it's actually a really great blessing to still have a, a day job while you're building up something on the side. And I'll tell you why. Because when you're building up something on the side, you then don't have the desperation to take the lowest value just to get money in the door. When you've got this ability to have your, your bills covered while you build up something else, maybe to switch to, you get to really embody this energy of getting paid well for your life and not being afraid to charge what you want. And that was what was great about the offer I got from my yes. previous employer. They came to me, I came up for the price. They said, no, that's no good. Now, if that was something that we were relying on to pay our bills, um, you would have had to take it. Then I potentially would have had to drop my asking price and mm. found an agreeable place and ultimately done what I was told. Yes. Whereas if you have money coming in, if you have that day job, then you're right. There is no desperation. And if you say, I'm going to charge you X pounds for something and somebody doesn't want to take it, then it's no big deal. Yes, exactly. So from build with my business on the side, what happened was I decided for anything where there was an interaction with people, let's say people wanted to sponsor a YouTube video or work with me in some way. When I was creating, when I'm creating my own products, when I'm doing any coaching or mentorship, I need to set an amount. First of all, you have to have amounts compared to the time you're giving up that give balance in your life. So if you don't want to be working 10 hours a day for X amount, you decide how many hours you do want to be working. 
and then how much money would be the ideal to cover your bills as a starter for 10, cover the bills and for you to have a comfortable living, what would that hourly rate or what would that amount be that you would need to charge? And that's what I did. I actually took what I thought was that comparable amount of money based on you know what I was creating and doing but then allowed life to carry forward and be sufficient so let's say if I um, create a spreadsheet well then I set amount of money based on what I think the value is of the time hours I put in but the value also somebody else will get out of it and it can be the same with anything really services and coaching or mentorship set an amount that first of all gets you excited about showing up, so particularly anything where you're giving up your one-to-one time or your talents. If you're giving up your time, that should be the highest cost for someone else, if you're one-on-one with them, because you're giving up your most valuable resource. Actually, is when it's, uh, even if you're making products, if you're making physical things, if you can only sell it once, if you have to produce it and yes. then sell it once, that's a one-to-one relationship. So again, that should be where your highest price is. Absolutely. So I would say go to the fundamentals and do not look what everyone else is doing. That is the biggest mistake I see people do when they start their own business. doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. This is you deciding what are the amounts of money that would light you up. Now, now you know, if you decide that you want one person to buy your work once a year and you've decided it's a million pounds, well, here's the best advice to get that. Give someone a million pounds worth of value. You'll happily get a million pounds back, right? <laughs> I, I think that's absolutely key. You've got to give the value to people. The other thing I would say is you really need to not just look at your hourly rate, but think to yourself, how many hours do I want to work and how much money do I want to bring in overall? Mm. Because right now you could say, I'm going to charge this for stuff. And if I have this amount of work, then it's going to earn me, let's say 50,000 pounds a year. Okay. That's great. So what if you actually would like to be earning 150,000 pounds a year? Does that mean you've got to now work three times as much? Yes. Yes. So you need to also explore scalability absolutely and we'll cut co- i think we should cover that on another podcast we'll cover actually. that another, that's another something another that's podcast. really been great for it, our it's business a deeper thing but the, the key is how do you scale something mm. how do you get more from it without putting in as much effort mm. you don't want your business to grow five times but you have to work five times as much mm. or you have to employ four other people to do that work mm-hmm. so therefore you have to think about the charge that you have up front to be able to deal with that. Also, if you're in a position where your business is growing and you're bringing in five times the business, then there's every chance that it's because you're priced well enough Mm. that you have that demand, which probably means that you can go up a bit in price. Mm, So that was my next point as well. So the first time you enter business, think of those energetic minimums that would keep you excited about what you were doing and make sure you'd want to show up the next thing actually if you want my honest opinion take that amount and probably double it and I say that because if you believe you could charge a certain amount it would be really exciting if actually you brought in two times that amount it would actually show you that there's something in you that actually could over 
achieve what you think is possible. It allows the magic, the miracle to happen. And for that double amount, do you still feel that you could offer a service or a level within the same amount of time and just make it your best effort? And I think what happens then is we allow the money to be separate from actually what we're doing. And that's really key, as Matt was talking about, scalability as well. Allow what you're doing to be your magic. We have to go away from this old paradigm, which is I have to do I have to do this, 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 and then somebody says it's worth this amount. No, you get to decide what your time and effort is worth. If somebody right now can't see that value, that's okay. You get to be in control. And equally, if you decide, well, I'm going to set one amount and then next year I'm going to double it the year after, that's okay too. You do not have to keep your prices the same every year. Well, and also what you'll find is I think if you think about an artist to someone that does painting or drawing or something else, they will create their artwork and they will then put a price tag on it. And especially if they can get into galleries or such like, Mm. and that's what they deem their pricing to be. Now, if you don't like the art, then you're not going to pay the price. It doesn't make a difference whether it was particularly cheap or very expensive. If you can't afford it, then you're not going to buy it. But all it takes is the right person to walk in that loves how that looks absolutely and has the money available to be able to pay for it and then they'll be able to buy it the the thing is you could say hold on that painting is a hundred pounds that seems overpriced but someone will be willing to pay a hundred pounds the same as someone will probably be willing to pay a thousand pounds it just needs to to resonate now obviously art is much more subjective than various other things that you can offer and deliver but it still comes down to the same thing i think learning to find your audience means that your price points are likely to be more correct Mm, mm. what you have to realize is that whatever it is you're producing or you're offering whether it's a service a product whatever Mm. it happens to be not everybody is gonna want it Mm, mm. and not everybody's gonna want it enough to pay whatever price for it yes but then you don't need to go around being a people pleaser you don't want to be the person that's saying you know what i'll keep my prices so low that everyone will buy it because you don't you don't really want everyone to buy your stuff no, you want the people no. that actually want to who get you, you. To, to, yeah they they either want to use the product or they want to get the value from it because those are the people that then leave positive reviews pass word of mouth on absolutely and then they're yep. the people that ultimately bring you more business yes yes so you almost want to make sure also that you're pricing out your kind of generic I'll give it a try, people, Mm. to people that actually feel like what you're offering is right for them. Absolutely. Because they they will advertise for you. Yeah, and that's what we've built our business without any paid adverts or anything. It's all completely organic. Most of our content is free and everything like that. And I think what Matt's touching upon there as we kind of enter the final part of this is it's flipping the dynamic on what you're earning to say, okay, if I showed up and gave my best soul service to this, this thing that I'm doing with my time, then what money would then flow to me to allow me then to do all the other things I enjoy in life? Because remember, working is only part of what you're meant to be doing with your day. You're meant to be building relationships. You're meant to be doing things, the dreams and desires you have. It's And if work is part of that, that's fantastic. But it's not meant to be everything you do. We've got used to this old paradigm of, you know, Monday to Friday work. If you only decide to work on a Wednesday between 2 and 3 p.m., you get to decide that. And obviously, if you've got a day job, I know you can't right now, 
but you could be building towards that. That could be how you decide to be for this year or six months or a month. The money is not tied in to your work. That's what I'm really trying to get over to you. It is purely that energetic exchange. Money will always show up to support you, particularly if you focus on doing the things that you love. I actually believe everyone can be massively financially compensated because that thing that you have a real special talent for, and it could be multiple things that you're just picking one of, other people will see that spark in you. They will see that you have that source of genius and, and they will want it. So to close out, you can tell that we're passionate about this. And I really can say like completely, if you start anything where you are right now, if you've got a day job, just deciding that your value is worth blah, you know, moving forward, you can, and I'm going to touch upon the last things that I would say then to really flow into this now moving forward. But I want to take this as the prompt for you, and I'm going to do it as well, to think, are you really charging your worth for your skills? Or are you simply being the cheapest or the only person out there at that moment in time? Now, that doesn't mean it was the wrong choice. It just meant it was based on what you thought back then. So ask yourself this moving forward as we come off to the end. If you are massively compensated for what you do, for the talents you have, that was going to be a win for you, a win for those you love and around you, and a win for society, so the gifts that you have to share, what would you be doing? Would it be the day job you're doing? Does it light you on fire and make a difference and you can see the ripple effect happening? Or does it actually make you feel a bit depressed and sad every time you look at your PC? If you were doing the thing that did light you up, also, what would your habits look like? Because we know it's not about, you know, what car you drive, what time you wake up at, what book you read. We know that that doesn't make you have prosperity or feel good enough or any of these things. It's actually about what you do consistently on a day-to-day -day basis. What would your habits look like? How would you be thinking? What would you be feeling if you were massively compensated that the amount of money that you were bringing in would then be a wonderful resource to magnify all the good that you want to do in the world or have the home that you wanted or be or do or any of these things? What would your routines look like for work and for play? Where would you live? Really kind of start to get, I want you to get excited about a vision because I want to say to you that you can absolutely earn whatever amount of money you decide. In fact, you are earning the amount of money you've decided up to this point. I'm just going to drop the mic there, okay? You have decided the amount of money that you were going to allow into your life. I'm going to say to you, I want you now from today forward to decide what's the next level that you're not willing to settle for any less. And you could say to me, oh, Jennifer, that's all good. You know, that's fairy tale. And no, I can promise you, like, this is the, the stuff that we are living and breathing. It wasn't that I set minimum amounts back two or three years ago, hoping and praying. I was nervous setting those amounts, but right now I'm so glad I did because it allowed us to then still do what we love, but also I was very selective about what I gave up for my time as a result. I still am because I know that my time where I want to put it, I want to help people who truly value me and the interactions we have, but also I want to be with my family. I want to do things that light me up. And as we covered before, what we ended up having is interactions and dealings with people and companies that we felt resonated better with what we want to do and say anyway. So you end up with the pricing being right for you. You end up with working for with the people that actually 
just resonate and it they just, just get you it just it's get just you. a yeah. good energy exchange people who like you your energy and can see value most of the time so i hope today has been i'd like to think it's been a good challenge a little bit deeper a little bit you know something to chew your teeth into than we normally go with money but i think it's it's huge so i would really love especially if today's episode has kind of light something within you that you're going to absorb let us know you can leave us a review you can send us an email you can contact us on instagram or whatever I'd love to know what you thought of today's podcast especially if it's inspired you or even come back to it in a couple of months time and tell me that actually you've started earning two times your salary or three or four or whatever I'd love to know that there's a back catalogue as always of you know over 60 episodes that you can go through also I call it if you have been inspired with this topic it's one of the main topics we cover in our mastermind that's going to be running all of August 2021 so the link is down below if you want to catch that and be part of it if not there'll also be a waitlist for the next live round that we run but thank you so much for listening we'll speak to you very soon